Hey, what is going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of the Searchcast, Season 3, Episode 27, presented by Primax Hockey and DraftKings, and we are a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Zach Martin. I'm Bailey Curtis. I'm Kat Hunter. And uh, if you're on the YouTube version, you see we have a special guest with us today. Uh, We were supposed to have a two-part super mega new year's day special with the guys over the storm still unfortunately things uh changed behind the scenes so we're just doing a new year's eve special with one half of the uh, cast hopefully within the next couple weeks or so we'll be able to do the second part so we're just rearranging parts and certain days are going to change around and stuff like that but we do have Ray coming back on once again uh for his second appearance of season three and we're very very excited to have him Ray. How are you doing today, man? I'm much better now that I'm with you fine folk. Uh, <laughs> apologies for how the way things worked out. Best laid plans. Uh, sometimes uh, things work out great. We had big plans. We still do have big plans. It'll be yeah. our joy to have the three of you in the storm cellar at the same time. And we'll have a lot of fun there. We've got a really special show planned for that as well. So oh, we're yeah. just winging it. You were making yeah. the best of a, of a difficult situation. Yeah, which the Canes have been doing, by the way. Absolutely, been doing some really great things oh, yeah. in oh, difficult sure. situation. Oh, for sure. I just know when we go to the storm cellar, so you might want to expand the room a little bit. It might be a little cramped, you know. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you guys, uh, expand on the foundations of the storm cellar. We've got the construction <laughs> underway. Okay, well that's that's good at least. You know, don't don't want to be you know shoulder to shoulder there. We gotta have some breathing room here, you know. But that's right. That's right. <laughs> but no, we are very excited. So um this episode we are gonna we're not gonna go over every single game in great detail because it's just we're not gonna be here for three hours doing that. So we, we are know gonna you talk guys about... have New Year's Day plans, so we don't wanna corrupt your schedules, but we appreciate if you are listening on New Year's Day. Wait, yeah, yeah, we, we we don't we don't want Howie to get upset. If this is a three hour episode, so we're gonna oh, try to keep forbid. it reasonable reasonable form <laughs> over there. But um, yeah, so we're gonna talk about uh, the Islanders game, and then we're gonna talk about you know Nashville, and then the Maple Leafs game, and stuff like that. We got a bunch of games to go over real quick, and then we're gonna do a lot of you know not a ton of stats, but we're gonna mix it in here and there because some milestones happened. Uh, over the past week, which is very exciting to do. And then for the second half of the show, just like our Christmas special, our own Bailey Curtis is going to have us do a New Year's edition of Hurricanes game. So we're very, very excited to do that. So I guess we might as well just jump in and talk about the games from the past weeks. I know last time we recorded it was in between the Penguins and the Islanders game in the middle of that chaotic week i guess as, <laughs> as we should put it uh four games over that week get, day off every other day with a with a random one day trip to pittsburgh which at least <laughs> at, at least that overtime was more entertaining to watch than the one against the capitals but that's 
that's here and there. Oh, and stuff gosh. Like that. that was. <laughs> what, what is with the NHL and their schedule? Like, it, it's there are a lot of teams that have some really difficult situations. There's some teams like the Canes that are already into their 37th game, 36th, yep. 37th game. And then there's teams like Ottawa who've only played like 31 or 32. And they yeah. cram, like, even though the Leafs played – uh, was it three games in four nights, just like the Hurricanes, but they got their first game of their back-to-back last night against us. It's yep. it's just strange. The Whoever did the schedule wasn't very careful about Oh, I mean, I anything. feel like that's every year. Like, everyone's oh, yeah. just like, why are you scheduling games here? Why does every game start at 7 o'clock? Like, I think they just throw a bunch of names in a hat and pick them and be like, oh, I'm going to do it well, this way. Well, yeah, we got like we got like what fourteen? Got like what fourteen teams or like fourteen games in one night, and then we have like three the next night, and that's it. I mean, heck, if you look at the Hurricanes, they play. The, I think they have like three games the first week of January, and then they have four days off before they play another game again. And, it's, and we're not even talking like an All Star break or like a anything like that. It's just four random days off to start the second this the first the second week of January. And you're like, why do we need four days off? Like that's so bad. <laughs> and because I think that's, I think if I'm going to check the calendar correctly, because I'm going to get this right, it is, yeah. So they got the Rangers on the second. And they get two days off, and then it's a back to back where they're in Washington Friday, home against the Blues Saturday. Then they have the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth off, and then they got the Ducks on a Thursday, then Pittsburgh two days later, and then a day off. Then they get the Kings on the fifteenth. And then they have three days off right after that. So they basically play like three games with like five, six, like eight days off in the span of two weeks. And they play three games. Yeah. And it's not like, even it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's it's not even. And it's all home days. games. It's all home games. Exactly. And that's, that's the point that I was going to get to. It It's not even just how many games within so many days or how many of the breaks, but uh, the Hurricanes have played the most away games, I think, of any team mm-hmm. in yeah. the league. And, of course, the fair uh, road trip always plays a hand in it. But this year was this year was a little different. And, Kat, you're right. It's probably not been that much different some years past. It just seems to be more in the front of my mind anyway. I, I don't know. But no, it's, it's just strange. Like, well, yeah, well, because you get, you get your you – get basically the state fair trip and your West coast road trip done in the first month. Usually they split that up over the first and second. They'd crammed it all in the first half. Cause yeah, you look at January three road games, the entire month Rangers capitals, and then Boston, which is also their second back to back, which is road and then home wow. where they're home. The second game. Yeah. So Washington, Washington and St. Louis fifth and six, and then at Boston, the 24th, and then they come back the next night at home and play the Devils the 25th day off, and then they play the Coyotes at home. But yeah, they have three road games. Every other game for the entire month is all home games with Wild. Boston with Boston as a random road game on a back to back, where they come home the next night. It's like, yeah, well, okay, sure, why not? Right? <laughs> it's about the time the Kaniacs got their share of games to actually be in attendance for. Yeah, no, <laughs> and then having to be so long without. Yeah, for sure. Well, and especially the way the team has played to finish off 2023. I mean, you come home, you, you know, you finish the year off with three straight wins. And you can't go wrong with that. Super hot. 
they look and they've looked great. I think this is the the most times where I've actually seen the Canes play the uh, you know quote unquote hurricane hockey, Rod Brindamore hockey. We're finally starting to to play it and see it on a more consistent basis, which was the with the saw line not being put together. Yeah, y- yeah, that is Her- very surprising. 13, yeah, the Hurricanes have scored 13 goals in three games. They put up five against Nashville, five against the Canadians. Sorry, Bray. Uh, and then, you know, the team who should not be named. Thank and you. Then, and then three <laughs> against Toronto. Like, they were putting up a lot of goals. And, and you got to give credit to the goalies, too. Two against Nashville, they gave up three against the Habs. That's whatever. And then two against the Maple Leafs. It should be one. You can't convince me otherwise that was a goal with nine yeah. seconds left from Robertson. You you can't tell. There's no way. But yeah, of course the the, the the trip Tracy curse where he thinks it's one thing and it's and they they reverse it. Always. So it's always it's like also, not, don't even talk. He was on one soon, last night though. As, he was on as one as soon as he said as soon as he says something that as soon as he says it you're like shoot now I know how they're gonna call it. But I mean he was right. I mean we'll talk about it a little bit more. But like some of the things he was going on about. Um, he was right because it was for a team that's pretty high praise and has some really skilled players. They were they were a little bit of a crybaby situation going on. Oh, they're, but they're they're always it's always bad. Yeah, we'll get while like, we're, we're talking. We're talking yeah, while we're talking about all the goals that we've scored, um, it's nice to know that a lot of those goals have come from our special teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so in terms of the special teams um, for the entire month of December. The Hurricanes had the league-leading 18 power play goals in the month. They went 18 for 49, which is 36.7%. And they scored at least one once on the man advantage in nine out of their 15 games. Oh, yeah. And that's also including seven multi-goal outings per Walt Ruff. That is a heater right there. And you love to see it. To, yeah, to say the least, we were scoring at least multiple power play goals in the same game. Seven multi-power play goals in a game. Nine out of 15. And you go 36.7%. Yeah, you you will never, ever complain about that when you're seeing the power play going absolutely off like that. I mean, you just, you'll love to see it out of the – it wasn't even like the power play was even bad. Like, it's been top 10 for most of the season. Like, I've never – I think the lowest we've seen was like, what, 12th? If that, but it's nice to see. It's nice to see that it's doing well, and the power, the um, penalty power kill. Doing well. <laughs> the power, we call it the power. Kill. I mean, sure, it's a power. Kill. Um, but it's nice to see them both doing well because this season we've kind of had one or the other, and it's nice that now we suddenly have both, and it's like, oh, all right. Rod said, wait, be patient. It's it's here. <laughs> yeah, because I think it was against it was against the team that should not be named on the Thursday game, where I think I saw a stat where it was like for the month of December. The power play was at like was first in the league, and the penalty kill was like second in the league for the entire month. Like the penalty kill was like ninety five point seven percent or some insane stat like that. <laughs> like yeah, wow. the, when, when, yeah, when you're clicking to n- almost ninety six percent on the penalty kill, yeah, I think you're gonna go from like the low seventies really up into the eighties really quick. So. You know, struggle to struggle to start the year. You know, kind of in the seventy range, and now you get seventy in December. That's a nice little trade off to get back in yourself in the overall eighty percent range of the penalty kill. But very much so, very much so. 
Yeah, the special teams have been on it. I mean, if we're going to talk about things being on a heater, I think we have to talk about one certain player for the Carolina Hurricanes that has been on an absolute just otherworldly, like this dude is possessed type of runs. And we got to talk about Sebastian Ajo because outside of – like we'll, we'll have to preface this with how he started this run. Against Nashville, he scores his 500th point against Nashville Predators. That was the first goal of the game. But, like, of course, it had to be on the power play, and it had to be Sebastian Ajo, and, of course, it had to be his 500th. Because why not, right? What a way to start off a heater, honestly, first off. he It's so deserved. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a reason this man wears the A. It's And and to score an opportunity like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not only is it his 500th goal and he's just going off and scoring all willy-nilly, but he's scoring on a power play. He's scoring on a goal that's something you could consider potentially. Like, that, that's some, that's a goal that you're not going to forget about very easily. No. no. For your Which I will say. I, yeah, you won't, you'll take that. Yeah, and I will say, and I, I believe I said it last year, but I just keep telling people, ever since we put Aho in that role on the power play, the power play looks the role he is and now. He controls the puck. Like we've had him in those spots where you're wanting to have one-time shots from him, but to reverse those roles and having Svetch kind of be the one-time shot, which love it, absolutely love it. I wish Natchez would release it a little bit sooner on the other. We'll um, talk about him. Team. We'll talk about him. <laughs> but um, but Ahu, honestly, he keeps that puck in. He maneuvers it so well to have him and Table like kind of using their chemistry to set up the other guys like Jarvis, Nason. It's and it's giving guys like like Burns is starting to, to succeed. It's giving him moments again for him to get back into the game because he would have his one timers, but he was also trying to keep the point, kind of manage it all by himself. But having Aho there in his pocket has been very helpful in giving him those and now he's got he's got points. He's scoring oh, again. Yeah. And everyone's oh, yeah. like, we're waiting on Burns to show up and it's like, okay, put Aho beside him. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and here's a crazy stat too. Aho is the fourth player in the 2015 entry draft to hit 500 points. That was a great <laughs> year in the draft, no question. And for yeah. me, he's franchise 2.0. He is mm-hmm. everything that you want for the Hurricanes. He plays the 200 foot game, and he's so he's so calm, but he's fiery. I don't know if they you understand. You know what I mean? Like you see him on the ice. There is a feeling that everything's going to be okay. You're oh, never yeah. worried. Like the most of the shifts when he is on the ice are are spent with not very many huge chances on our net, and we're moving the puck and doing positive things. Even penalty kill. I mean, the man is a beast on the penalty kill. Absolutely fantastic, and he goes all out. What more do you want in a in a leader? Really? I don't know who gets more shorthanded opportunities on the um, penalty kill, him or Jarvis, at this point. <laughs> I'm so glad he's, he's making part a case of it. for himself. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 there's been so many opportunities. I'm so glad he got some. He got a goal. Like he just deserved it. He has busted his tail to the point where everyone's noticing, and you can tell he's just a bit, like so frustrated because he's like right there. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're like that's the effort you want. Like because eventually it's gonna go in, and it finally did. And Oh yeah, no, we'll de- we'll definitely. And he, he does his time. he does his other job of keeping Aho humble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that guy sucks or whatever. And, but the, yeah, and, the, and the old guys giving them, you know, keeping them in line too. Yeah. To the I didn't think you it's know, annoying, but I think they appreciate it deep down. That, that, that was that <laughs> you was, know exactly that was a why in that interview. video. 
You know exactly why in that video then when there's the, the video of the kids drawing of Jarvis where Stahl goes, that guy looks dumb. That has to be Jarvis. And you're just like, <laughs> you feel it. There's so much like, context like, here now. Big brother, father energy going on right there. Like, that's hilarious. Love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, yeah. So a couple a couple extra things we got to mention about just how great Sebastian Otto is. Uh, he's the fourth player in, her, in Hurricanes uh, Whalers history to hit 500, uh, 500 points. Joining Francis, Eric Stahl, and Kevin Deneen. That's you know, that's rarefied air. Rarefied air. Absolutely well, you, beautiful. Well, if you want to talk about rarefied air, how about for the fact that you know how we just mentioned Eric Stahl? Uh Sebastian Ajo, fastest player in her or the youngest player in Hurricanes history, 500 points for the Hurricanes. 9,650 days beats Eric Stahl's record of 9,652. He beat him, oh, him by two, two days. days. Wow. Two days. Yeah, that that's just how insane he is. The fact that he hit 500 NHL points in 552 games when he did it, uh, and this is from Paul. This is from Walt Ruff. The only Finns that have reached it quicker are Yari Curry, Tamu Solani, and Miko Rantanen. <laughs> a couple of Hall of Famers and one soon to be, oh, two soon to be Hall of Famers, frankly. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I'll say that too. Yeah, great no, me, company there. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. That's just it's absolutely bonkers how the fact that he was able to do that. Just joining more fans and joining franchise records. It's just, it's crazy. And like. And that was just when he has 500th point. How about for the fact that when he got his back-to-back four points in two games in a row, uh, he was the fourth player in franchise history to post eight points in a two-day span, joining Eric Stahl, who got eight points back in March 2009, Ron Francis in October of 1989, and Mike Rogers in 1980 of December. Old school. That's way back. Way back. Um, My neck of the woods. (laughs) <laughs> back in my day when the whalers are still a hockey team that's right that's right um and i had to bring this up too from big head hockey sebastian Ajo entering monday he had 31 points which was 38th in the nhl coming into today he's at 42 points which is 14th in the nhl he went from an 85 point pace to a 101 point pace which, if he can maintain that pace, he'll become the second hurricane to reach 100 points. Which, which is funny enough, you mentioned that. I actually did say that on Twitter, that he would be the first player since Eric Stahl hit 100 back in 05 and 06. And, and take this as you will for everyone who's listening to the podcast or watching. Yeah, Eric Stahl did it, and the Hurricanes won a cup that year. So take that as you will if Sebastian Ajo hits 100 points. A so. lovely quinky dink. Yeah, it's it's very nice, as they say, for the fact that you're like, hmm, very interesting. Yeah, coincidence, a co- coincidence? I think not. So, yeah, exactly. Now, the fact for the fact that he scored two goals, nine assists, eleven points in his last three games is absolutely insane. Like you're talking about being on a heater, and some of the defensive plays he made as mm-hmm. well. Like there's ones where, and I think it was last night, as a matter of fact, where he laid out to prevent a yes, it was backdoor goal, mm-hmm. a backdoor yep. goal that would have been in 
it would have been was back there too. So I think if Aho didn't get it, Slavin would have, but uh, he just laid right out to make that deflection uh, on a guaranteed would have been goal. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's just everything, everything you want every night yeah. working hard. Well, yeah. Like for him and Jarvis, like you know, we talk about Jarvis a little bit, both of them have their 200 foot games have gotten so much better over their time that it's like you put them in any situation. I think that's why you're seeing, you know, for even Seth Jarvis, his time on ice has gone up considerably since his rookie season. And that's why he's second on the team in points with 27. And he leads the team in power play goals. He's got eight power play goals this year, which is already more than the pre- the previous two seasons he had. Or yeah, because he had you know five last year, and then he had like two the season before, and he's already up to eight. He's already beaten his combined two seasons of power play goals. Like to be second on the team and 15 points behind Sebastian Ajo is is insane to see the fact that he's already second on the team in his third season with the Hurricanes. Then of course you know it had to be Sebastian out ahead of him, but that's why that's why you give that kid you know an eight year superstar contract because that's just Sebastian Ajo for you, Mister Waddell. Please <laughs> sign Jarvis immediately. <laughs> no, but he he'll be humble about it. There, there's other guys that need to go first, eh? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, well, because we talk about enough on the podcast. It's like forget forget give him the bridge deal. Give him a give him a cock in the Emmy contract where it's seven years. Lock him up until he's like 28, which is still a perfect range to give him another contract where it's another three, four years and he retires a hurricane. Love there to you see go. him stick around 100%. Yes. Love to see him stick around. Can also see him stick around with another guy that we've signed to a pretty good contract is, well, Svetch is back. Oh, man. Svetch is yeah. back. Yeah. He, he's been on an absolute terror, too. Like, I think pretty much almost every forward right now has – for the most part, been pretty on it. Like Svetch is back, he's killing it. I mean, Aho has been on fire. Seth Jarvis is doing what he can do too. It's like it seems like all just a good amount of the forwards are just playing some good hockey. So <laughs> there's there's I said some. There's I said one. Some. There's one line that's struggling a little bit, but um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. like we said, you, we've had the exchange on there. We said all the lines are kind of cooking, except maybe one, and. You, you it's change not the other th- lines to try to get one going, and in my opinion, no, because I think it's up to those players to kind of step up. And I mean, we saw one of them step up in the Toronto game. Score eight, Michael Michael Bunting. Welcome back to Toronto, scoring the first goal of the game and uh, first time against his old team. And in fact, he is from Scarborough, is a grew up a Maple Leafs fan and played for him for two seasons and beat and scores the first one on a power play goal. So pretty fitting for how that worked out. A power and play so, goal orchestrated by Jarvis. Jarvis literally kept that puck alive. Yeah, and then, yep. of course, that, that was one of Sebastian Ajo's, one of the three points he had last night to get him up to his 11, because, of course, it had to be Sebastian Ajo. But I like for the fact, too, that someone brought up that, and Steve Dangle even brought up on his LFR, that they, like, former relief in Michael Bunting, but they also consider Seth Jarvis a former relief because his pick, the pick that the Hurricanes used to get him was in the Patrick Marlowe trade. Oh, wow. surprisingly enough. So, tech, yeah, so that would have been the Toronto pick. 
if we didn't give them Patrick Marlowe out. So that's what they consider him a, a Maple Leaf, and I put it in quotes because it's just hilarious. They just want to take pick. some credit for him. Sure. Well, 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 a lot of teams do that. A lot of people are like, well, he would have been if he, you know, they didn't give up the pick. But, hey, Toronto, thank you for the Seth Jarvis pick because we pretty, pretty much enjoyed that. And Carson Sebastian Ajo got the secondary assist on that one. Funny enough, also a lot of people brought up about Sebastian Ajo getting three points last night. Andrei Svechikov had an assist on two of the other goals. Yeah. Like both power play goals. He like him and Ajo swapped off who had the primary and the secondary assist that. I night. told you. I said Svech is back. Oh, he, he is, is back. back. No one's he's agreeing with you. No, <laughs> now here's you. a here's a question for you. He got his hat trick, I believe, on the first night that they reunited my favorite line, the SAT line. Was there oh, any, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yes, there was lots of power play points in and amongst that, but what do you guys think of the SAT line together? Again, seems to be working. I think Tara Vinen has something to do with Aho in all of that, doesn't he? He does. I, I think he does. Honestly, it, when I first saw the line, I loved the line. I And honestly, I think not only is Turbo helping Aho, but I think they're both helping Svech find his game again. Um, because you had Turbo, who's kind of started of the three of them, he was the one who started the season on time. Then Aho just like his game has improved now to now, and Svech has finally found his game again, too. And it's like, okay, so if you got your top three guys clicking, and at first I thought it was a little bit of a at first I didn't like taking Jarvis off that because it wasn't like Jarvis didn't deserve to be with Aho because he they also had chemistry. Um, but now that the more I watch it, I really like Jarvis on the line with solid Martinuk. Um, because with them, like you can say that maybe they're weighing him down. I've heard, I don't think so. I think they're the big bodies making sure they're pressuring, getting the puck, getting it to the net. And Jarvis is the quick and the speed and the little poke check here and there. That's going to get that finish in there for you. So you've got literally like the big bodies and the little zoomy guy coming up behind to finish it off for him. I I like it too. Yeah. Jarvis. I know he throws big hits, but like, if you watch. Stall and you watch uh, Martinuk. They're mm-hmm. the ones that are like, they fight at the boards a little bit and they'll get it to him in the front of the net, which is what Foss was, but also Foss fought a little bit more on the boards and then you wouldn't have anyone to finish for them. So I like that role that they put, gave him to Jarvis. Um, yeah, but yeah so I know that's I mean, not I mean, that's not just your SAT isn't just your favorite line. I, I think a lot of people were very excited to see that back. Today. It's a nostalgic line if you think about it too, because it's a line that oh, yeah. we've proven has a lot of chemistry and a lot of success together too so i think it's it's nice when you see the the confidence levels that svetch has kind of brought back for himself um to kind of earn that spot again and it it, like i don't think they would have put him there if he didn't feel ready to kind of give that line everything you got because that's not a line where one person's just going to pull their weight and succeed like it that that line only works if everybody's cohesive everybody's working together everybody can kind of read each other telepathically i mean mean, that's our version that's our version of the matthews line isn't it like that's our our i would think so Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely I mean, let's let's not uh, let's not forget to give the four, the the fourth line because we don't you know Rod doesn't really have one. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's four lines of guys just rolling through. We, we got to talk about the fact that the Nason Jury Foss line 
That's a pretty good line. Like I didn't know good. how to feel about it at first with that MSF line broken up too. We we've that line's been kind of a crutch for us. J- Jack, Jack Jury has been Jury has been on an absolute tear too. Jack, like talking about talk, Jack talking about underrated and, guys. Jack and Nason. Jack and mm-hmm. Nason. Like they are just doing so well. Like whoever's with them is kind of elevated. Like they're they just have such good chemistry together. That Chicago Wolves connection, been, man. Yeah, even though they've been bumped around a couple, both of them a couple lines. I mean, they just play so well. They know where each other are. They know what they're going to give to each other, and it's it's paying off for them. Like you know, I think they've been playing Jack. with each other since the Wolves, though, too. So they have a lot of time spent together, learning how we it, like the ins and outs of each other, how they play, their styles, and it's gotten to the point where they it, again, it's that telepathic aspect. Jack Jury knows if he's looking for a shot towards the net that Mason's going to be there giving that net front presence to provide any kind of support that he can. And it's just a matter of what's okay. They know their roles. Who, what's the role of the other guy joining that line, whoever it might be in Faust. It it was seamless. He fit in perfectly. He he basically, he basically takes his role that he has on the third line with Stahl and um, Martinuk and just puts it on that line. And you can see where, his quickness that he has in the, his defensive play is really good. And uh, well, you're seeing, okay. you're seeing a little bit more okay. offensive power, though, being on that fourth line, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, if I can, if I could just circle back for a second, it will uh, to echo Cat's statement about Jarvis being on the third line with two puck retrieval experts like Stahl and Martinuk. I mean, that's what they do. They're all puck retrieval. They are all board work. They are great. And he can benefit by giving them a result at the end. I think by moving Faust down with, and I say down, it's not down. It's more lateral than anything. Moving him laterally uh, to be with Nason and Drury, Drury's had some amazing opportunities out front of the net because of efforts by Faust. And and Nason. And sometimes it's, you know, Foss is working the boards, Nason's in front of the net, and Jack's getting the shots. You know what I mean? Like it yep. just seems to work. So it's a it echoes both what Kat and Bailey had said. I mean, it's a great, uh, great, great point that you guys bring forth. Well, it's yeah. ever, it's, it's, it's everyone playing to their yeah, it's everyone playing to their strengths. Again, like you said, puck retrieval, big bodies there. You've got and then you've got the point at the front of the net and the little quick guy in Jarvis. And then again, Foss, Foss is the guy that him and Nason both are going to muscle to the putt, but Nason will go, okay, well I'll go to the front of the net or Jack will be there to take the shot. Like they just all have such a good role to play. I think. Um, and obviously we have it like Svech, Aho, and Teravainen, uh, you know, Teravainen's your past guy. Like they all have beautiful, but he is the guy that's going to see the ice a little bit more than everyone else. And then like just vision wise. And then you got this hard shot with, Fetch and then body in front of the net. And of course you've got Ahu who's kind of like a jack of all trades around there. I think that's why the second line is a little lost in what they're doing. Um, right, well, because, let's, talk, let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about the second line. Cause I, for me, I it's, think, not, it's not the two C. The two C is not the problem. Everyone wants to keep bringing up the two C being the problem. It's I not, think KK, KK. honestly, I think KK's had his game figured out this whole season. He started off hot, just like Kara Vinan did. And he carried the team. Him and Tara Vinan were carrying the team when the other guys weren't quite on their game yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's – I agree. I don't think it's on KK. I think he is – I think his line mates are dragging him down a little bit. 
Uh, Bunting has struggled. He's been bumped around the lineup a bit. It's his first season with us. He struggled to kind of find what he like. I don't think, and we're not trusting him a whole bunch on five on five. Like I, I saw articles and people talking about it last night because there's an article that came out about Bunting, and they were talking about like it's going to be his lowest, uh, I think lowest points season so far. But it's like he's learning a new team and also a team that he hasn't quite figured out our five on five strategy as much as everyone else has. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's just trying to figure out his role. I think he could very much be, honestly, kind of like a, kind of like Jarvis. If he figures out his game like Jarvis, that that role is perfect for him. He's already he's known to be a pest. He's known to be in front of the net. He draws those penalties. He's quick. KK has figured. I think KK's figured out his role. I think it's. I'm giving Bunting a lot more slack. It comes down to 88 for me. Eight, it, I don't know what it's not bunting for me. It's it's not, it's not on bunting because the fact that, like you said, Kerry, he's been bouncing around the lineup, he's trying to figure out what his role is, and it's like it's one of those things where he's it, it, it's tough to coming in because we know we we know what he can do, we've seen the product, he's got that, and he's got that ability to score goals and does, does he does what he needs to do. Is an unfortunate being bounced around the lineup so many times, and yeah, I. And it's he'll get going, but yeah, like you said, it's. I hate to say it, and I know a lot of people are Nietzsche's fans, and I like him too. But at the same time, it's kind of like you can't be third on the team in points, and also, and we talk about this as a context stat all the time because it's not an end all be all. The plus minus because we mix that with the time on ice and who you're with and stuff, you know who you face, you know matchups and stuff like that. But if you're worst on the team in a plus minus as a forward in your third on the team, that's not a great sign. That's not a good sign to be third in points and then that last in the plus minus category. That's I brutal. just want to give everyone that's a Nature's fan, because again, we all want him to succeed. We were big fans of him last season and everything. I just want to give you a little bit of challenging homework. When you watch a game now, when you watch the next several games, I want you to watch Nate. Pay attention to Nature's in particular. I want you to see does he win his board battles? I want you to watch his defensive play, and I want you to watch if he challenges the puck when, like, when they have it in the other end and they're coming towards our blue line. I want you to see how he steps in the puck. Those are three things that I want anyone that's a Nature's fan to watch because I want you to see. Like, we all admit he has skill. He is great. But, like, not last game, but the game before, that man didn't even register a shot on goal. If he's not shooting, what is he doing? Because those three things I, the three things I just listed, he, those aren't his skill sets, and those are not what he's been doing. So if he's also not shooting, what is his presence on the ice? He has, in the last two games against the team that should not be named and the Maple Leafs, he actually was a minus one on the 28th. He was a minus one in a 5-3 win, two hits, 10-58 of time on ice, zero shots. Last night against Toronto, a penalty, no hits, no blocks. He was dead even, no shots in 12-44. No blocks, so defense, no. Uh, yeah, yeah no, no, no hits, no blocks. No shots. I know he. I know he took not a, a penalty. Hit. And he got, he got a yeah, penalty. Like he got a penalty. And no shots. Well, so like, what is your presence nothing. on the ice? That's lack of defense and lack of offense. What are you doing on the ice? 
I don't think I I don't think I could have said that any better. That was exactly what you need to say. That's what I've been watching on, like when I watch him play now and me and Bailey will text and call each other because we just get so frustrated because it's little things where the team is doing something so well and Nate just does something where he just gives the puck away. or It grinds my gears. It's a slight thing of like we're on defense at our blue line, not even on the penalty kill, but you're like, you know, all of us are like step to the puck. He is one that I'm step to the puck and he doesn't or he doesn't hold the boards and it gets around and it makes the pressure he, on us so much too, worse. He's also too pass heavy. Here, here's something funny too. So before the la- before those last two games where he went 1058 and 1244, I'll go back to da, 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 da. We'll, we'll back we'll go back to the Washington game. We'll go for the last two weeks. We'll go back from Washington. Time on ice, 2208 against Washington, 1411. 1522, 1858, 1653 against Nashville, where he got one hit, two shots all night in a 5-2 win against Nashville, 1653, and then 1058 and 1244. So can you can you tell me um his line mate stats? Uh, maybe just from last night. Or from the uh, he was on the line with KK bunting. and Bunting. All right, Bunting. Bunting last night. One goal, one hit, one block, three shots, 13-28 of ice time. And then KK, he had – come on. Okay. No hits, no blocks, one shot, 9.58 of ice time. And KK had 9.41 uh, the other night against the team that shall not be named. And Bunting's goal, wasn't Bunting's goal a power play goal? It was. Bunting's goal was a power play goal, yeah. So his uh, it wasn't even a 5v5 with his normal line mates. He was on there no, with Jarvis and yeah. Ajo. Uh, K- the last two games, KK's had no hits, no blocks, one shot, and he played less than 10 minutes of ice time. I don't quite. I don't quite fully believe that there's no hits because I feel like I see KK throw his body around. It might be something where he's like you know shoving a little bit, but it's not considered a full body check. He had one block. He had one block in the Predators game, and that was it. And that was zero shots as well for eleven forty-seven device time. So those those hit stats are always they're they're all objective because they're you know no matter it's. It's decided by someone different in every game that you're playing in, right? It is. It is. Not the home games. But um, I, so uh, for any of you who uh, listen to us on the Storm Cellar as well, you'll recall me absolutely burying Nages, calling him out (laughs) and just burying him. Like I've never buried anyone quite like him that time and that includes TDA. I cat it was absolutely perfect. He he waits for the puck to come to him. He he is not in on any like you could you asked all of the the great listeners and viewers that you have to watch him do three things. I can save them all of that uh, of watching it because none of those things happen. Like, but they'll, it's, they'll it's believe it more life. if they watch it themselves. Yeah, right? 100%. You're right. You'll, they'll have to see it themselves, but it's 
And it's what's so frustrating is that two years ago, when people were harping on him and thinking about dealing him and stuff, you know, I was one of the guys that was saying he is way too talented to let go of just yet. Let him find his place. He has got amazing speed. He's got a great shot. He's got like a, he can see the ice really well too. When he is on his game, that's what he does. And he proved it last season. I was going to say, we know what he's capable of. Exactly. And then he comes out like he does, uh, you know, this season with the, the drop passes to no one are back. The lovely triple sow cow that he performs at the entering the blue line with the puck, right? Only to turn around and give the puck away and it's going the other way. The guy, I don't know if he's trying to do too much. I don't think he realizes that the success that he had last season was because he kept things simple. And he wasn't trying to do things all on his own. And like you say, the triple sow cow. (laughs) I even I I'm pretty sure I messaged our our podcast little group chat about this, but there was a game recently, and I might have been Nashville, where Jarvis did a similar move. Jarvis did a similar move, got around the guy and crashed the net, and almost had a scoring opportunity. And I messaged and I said, Jarvis did what Natchez wants to do. I Except saw Natchez your tweet pull, there, yeah. But Natchez will pull that move. And he'll be alone. Like he'll, he, I've seen him beat the last defender with that move, and he'll be alone. He won't go to goal. He'll do a drop pass. I'm like, Nate, just no one has followed you. No one is close enough. You he, have he, to take it in yourself. He's too, he's too pass heavy. He's afraid to shoot now. He's afraid yeah. to shoot. So, so like and honestly, when he was on the line with Svetch, he was trying too hard to get Svetch passes when he was trying to get Svetch into his game, and it was messing up him and Svetch. I, I also, again, I, I think he's a very talented player and I really want him to find his game again. I think I think it's a unique problem with Natchez, whereas we have in other seasons, we have had players that will play grit hockey and play all around very Brindamore hockey. But we've had too many of those players and we're like, we need skill, we need finish, we can't hold on to this player because we have so many people filling that role. We need someone to score. I.e. Fogel, McGinn, we we just had to cycle those kind of players out. So now we have some set players like that, but we also have guys that are like Natchez that are like, we have our skill. We have Ajo, Turbo, but you're getting guys like Jarvis who plays an all-around game where he's got a little bit of the skill and the grit and the back, the whole two-way game. You're getting that. Natchez is a unique thing because now we have a skill player that's their skills aren't helping. Like his, He's not utilizing his skills to help us. And I think I've seen it more. I haven't seen it on the Canes as much, but I have seen other teams where they have a really skilled – actually, no, I can think of what – and I know he's been injured recently. I don't even – I hate to even <laughs> say this comparison. He's kind of like Line to me because Line is a really talented player that does not help his team. I don't think – like, you should have more from that player, and it's it's not happening. And I think that's what he is to us. Here's the thing. He's ninth. Take out Brandon Lemieux because, in terms of the stats wise, he's leading in shooting percentage. Throw that out because he's played less games. Martin Nietzsche is ninth on the team in shooting percentage at 10.1%. Yeah, well, and 
and I should clarify. So I made a mistake on on the plus minus. He's actually second to last in plus minus with plus with the minus fourteen. Jordan Stahl's minus fifteen. Yeah, there's there's an issue there. Uh, well, but, ta- we'll talk about the rest of. Yeah, we'll talk about the rest of Nietzsche's his line mates. Michael Bunting's a minus nine. Cockney's a minus eight. Yeah. I, I and Martinick's a Martinick's a minus eight too. Surprisingly enough, Seth Jarvis is a minus four. But that's a but that's the thing. I, I think the difference it's a context. The, the, it's a context. The plus, but, it's a context. But also you're comparing a speed skill guy to guys KK. Martinook and Stahl, I'm not fully surprised. Those are their big, heavy guys. They're not going to oh, hold the shots all the mm-hmm. time. Like, that's a different type of player to compare to that. And then your skill player having the the least, like, the worst is, like, crazy to me. It, yeah, because yeah, it, it's funny because you look at the terms of the points. So, Ajo is at 42 points in 34 games, which is just absolutely insane. He's missed three games. He's 15 points ahead of Seth Jarvis. Like, and he's played, like I said, three less games. Ajo's a plus seven. Seth Jarvis is a minus four. And then Michael Bunting is at 25 points, and Martin Nietzsche's are both at 25 points, but they're both at least minus nine and minus 14. Steph Nason's at 22 points, fifth on the team. He's got a plus 11, which I think is, yes, the best on the team. And then Svechikov at 21 points, Brayshay at 21, and Tampa Terrabine at 21. You're one. Yeah. Your one brute on the ice has the best plus minus. <laughs> then the guy, the next guy, the ne- sorry, the next two guys after Steph Nason and plus minus Brent Burns plus 10, Jacob Slavin plus nine, and then Aho at seven, Jury at five, Svech at three, Shays at two, and then Terabinen and Foss are, are at one, and then Sheffield minus two, Seth Jarvis minus four. You know, a lot of people looked at, at uh, KK as the long-term replacement for Jordan Stahl based on his skill in the face-off circle and so forth, and that this is really just a uh, uh, warm-up for the opportunity that he's going to need. You know, in, in three years down the road, he might fill in on that third line and someone else step up on the second line. Now, I think KK has more skill than that. I think he can be a goal scorer. He proved it at the start. Like, he can produce points. Um, he's well, good well think about it. He's not the biggest problem we have. Think about it, though, too. We, we brought him in at a time uh, where we were still kind of feeling the loss of Vincent Trocek. Mm-hmm. Um, we were looking for a guy to kind of take over, maybe not the same role that Tro had on the team, but somebody who could play as a strong 2C. Um, and that that's exactly what KK became in his own way. Um, yeah. I don't think it, it may, may be there. And I think that's when the eight-year deal comes in and like, okay, when are we going to lose Jordan Stahl? If so, he's going to jump into this role. I don't know if that's exactly the thought process there. Um, but I will absolutely say that there, there were roles missing. There were people that needed kind of jump starting and we found this opportunity to take this guy who was really, really not thriving in a situation that he was in bringing him into a situation where we can develop in, into the kind of player he's meant to be and fill also a role that we're dearly missing at this point where we need some sort of umph there in some way i don't know if umph is the best way to put it but such a great point 
I will I will say I I believe and I know everyone's looking at the beginning of the season that KK had, I think KK could use some consistency with his line mates. I think his Absolutely. struggles and just like when we first got him when we were bumping around the line, we were making fourth line, maybe pulling him up a few times, and he struggled. When he finally got to that, what we called it the confidence line, we called it the eighties line. When he finally got some like consistency with his line mates, he did really well. So yeah. I I I'm gonna I'm gonna say until you know it might prove me wrong. Maybe he is in a slump and he, it's not just that, but I'm I'm gonna put it on his line mates right now. Um honestly, I I hope it gets turned around. I hope that line gets some confidence to match up with the other lines because the other lines are buzzing. Um, again, like I said, Burns is coming back. I think, in my opinion, oh, I know what I was going to say. We talked to you, uh, Bailey. You said about KK coming in and kind of taking the trust spot. I tweeted this out, and I fully stand by it. We were looking for replacements for Tro, Nino, and all of them. I don't know why we didn't look at Nason. <laughs> Nason has been, I mean, I know he's yeah. not the center, yeah. but he is literally, he is, he is the, <laughs> the pesky, annoying fly. He's the bite. He's got the net front presence. He scores. He can go anywhere on any line. Like that man is literally, he was like, we're over here looking for answers. And he's like, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. He, so he's the quiet guy in the back. He's like, oh, hi, hello. Yeah. So this, so this season he's like, F it. I'm here. I'm going to show you I'm here because you're not listening. The, the thing, honestly, though, if, if Trout didn't want a ridiculous seven by seven, I think the Hurricanes <laughs> would have made a deal that wouldn't work to keep him in Carolina. Cause there's no reason to give him up, but he just wanted way too much. I for just way think- too long. I just think about that year and we're, we're sitting here like going back and forth, like, okay, if it, if it comes down to these two guys, which one's staying, which one's going. And I'm just <laughs> looking back, did. like we were all fools. Yeah. <laughs> they played us. Um, I mean, fools. that's exactly what I thought about our goalie situation for many years. So like, you just, you know, <laughs> okay. you, know, know. you know what? Sorry. Sorry, Zach. If I can just, if, if we can wrap up on Natchez, I, I would like to represent <laughs> the brains. No, no, no. I would like to represent the brains of the operation in the storm cellar. And I think Brad has oh had the best, best point of all. Natchez is like, how did he put it? He's like a wide, a wild stallion that is being penned up to do a certain thing. If he played on a team that had a more free-flowing, more offensive-minded, more lenient coach, perhaps, who doesn't require everyone do the same job, but let him be creative, that he would flourish, he would explode, he would grow. And the hope has always been that he will be that, he will flourish still within this particular thing. And I think it's a really valid point. He he's almost like he wants to be like a Trevor Zegers, where he just wants to do the razzle dazzle. I yeah. want to, you know, he wants to be like he's he's not he's not on this guy's level, but he's like he wants to be like what a Connor McDavid does, or an Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, Trevor Zegers. He wants to go do it and be the I'm going to make a highlight reel play, do all this razzle dazzle, you know, stuff. And it's unfortunately that's not how the Hurricanes play their game. No, you that's need, not how you we're need structured. To the other part and, of the game in with the razzle dazzle. Which yep, might be yep. why this season he's thriving in those overtimes. But yeah, all that space. Whole game, 
he's not he doesn't know what to do and you're like okay where's where's your impact here and i I, um, so, I think so i don't know someone brought it up earlier but i think it was talking about like so i saw this on twitter the fact that apparently when the hurricanes were shopping for a goalie a lot of teams were asking about michael bunting and i'm like because because elliot freeman talked about it and it's like yeah that's an interesting take for the fact that Michael Bunting was the one getting asked for. And I'm like, as, as much as he's kind of struggled, he is on third on the team in points. It's not like he's playing very bad. We signed him for three years. I like him, Michael Bunting. I like his game. I think once he's figured it out, we are going to see what we got him for, for his contract yep. for the four point for three years. That's not a guy I'm willing to move for a goalie. If we're going to try to move someone, and I hate to say this, like I said, I like the guy. I would probably rather get rid of Martin Nietzsche before I get rid of which Michael is, Bunting. And, I, and I hate saying that. Which is interesting that it was things about people asking about Bunting instead of Nietzsche. Yeah. Um, because but, a, return, yeah. a big but return can, in my eyes for Nietzsche. Yeah. Nietzsche is younger. Nietzsche is younger than Michael Bunting. Yeah. So You, you know, you know mean, some team is going give up, to give up for the razzle. We could, we could talk – Listen, we could talk about it all day. It's just oh, that's yeah. the one thing that we're seeing with the team right now. Again, we all agree we, he's a skilled player. We want him to succeed. Again, look at my – I want tweet me if you watch the next game and tell me what you see. I want you to watch his board battles, board check, and uh, what was the other thing I said? Shoot. <laughs> board battles, defense. board check, <laughs> defense, defense, defense. Stepping to the puck. Like winning, winning battles, all of those things. Like he, those three points that you made were were a killer. Yeah. Cycle Honestly. back and go listen to it again. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cycle back. I can't rap. remember at this point. <laughs> go back. It was the perfect hey, rap. The perfect. Hey, rap. Hey, hey, you know what? Drop like like Martin Nietzsche's drop pass. Drop back earlier into the episode and hear what Cat said. <laughs> there you go. At least someone and, will be there when you drop yeah, back. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, at least when you drop back, we'll still be there. Ray, you got it. You, you got where I was going with that. Right? There you um, go. Well, Kat, you brought something about our goalies, and um, I think we got to talk about down? Not yet. Not yet. We'll get there. I, I, I got to set it up. I got to set okay. it up. I, I think we broke Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like we did. <laughs> what, 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 what did we drop the pass on that segment there? Sure. Oh, Drop the puck on that, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Pierre Pierre Kachuk off in his last nine starts, or as Pierre the Great as we like to call him here. And I think even the Hurricanes have started picking up on that too, because they've been swinging Pierre the Great stuff. <laughs> residual. I like my residual yeah. chef now, please. No uh, <laughs> you uh, can send my royalties in the form of cash. <laughs> or Pierre Kachuk of Jersey. I'm easy. Um <laughs> Uh, in his last nine stars, he is five two and two, um, with a 0.926 save percentage, a 2.09 goals against average, and he is a 4.53 goals saved above average, or saved above, yeah, saved above expected. Uh, thank you to Kane Statbrand for that. Which Ray, by the way, great episode. He that CSB is amazing. He's great. Oh, um, so we, we got. We gotta get him back on the podcast. We his we always have to reference his stats because they're just so amazing. But yeah, four point five three goals against saved above expected. I mean, what what else can you say about Pierre Kachekov other than then please don't get hurt? 
I <laughs> you oh, saw Rod Brindos. You, you, you saw Rod Brindos Moore's face. He's like, why is it every time we come to Toronto, a goalie has to get hurt? <laughs> It's like, please don't. Uh, we're getting, uh, we getting ears ready again for us. Is that- um, <laughs> the way the way I've seen about him recently, no thanks. Uh, yeah. Hard pass by a yeah. long shot. Um, but Pierre Kachuk, like I said before, I think it was the Islanders game. He was on a streak of like plus nine. It was like point nine hundred plus in almost every start. He was on a, the, the Islanders game. That was that was that's not on him. I can't, I can't give him that one. Cause it's just, it was a whole, that was a whole breakdown in general, but he's been playing some stellar hockey. And I even said, I've said about this multiple times, he's setting himself up to be the number, even when Rod is back, we all, we all know who the number one goalie is right now. Even if Freddie comes back and that's going to be a process to figure out when he's going to be a hundred percent, which from what I'm hearing now, that Adam gold thing, which I don't trust Adam gold, for anything anymore because the it's just adam gold yeah they're they're saying they're they're saying they're saying that he's freddie is not bad he's not gonna be back in a month like all that was not necessarily true christmas wishes it's adam gold who knows at this point but the fact that should have put him in the wish list if (laughs) if Whenever Anderson does come back, I think Pierre Kachekov has set himself up to be the 1A to whoever they throw out as the 1B at this point. Because he's playing he's playing how we want our goalies to be. And everyone's talking about, oh, the Hurricanes still need goaltending. Like SDPN on Steve Engel podcast talked about it. Like 32 Thoughts have talked about it. Other podcasts have talked about it. And I'm like, is anyone not watching what Pierre Kachekov's done in the last like nine games? Or the last seven, as you know, when I was listening to those, like you guys are looking at the overall context of the Hurricanes' goaltending for the season, but you're missing the most recent. And this is all about a "What have you done for me recently?" league. Pierre Kachekov recently has done pretty well, to say the least. I mean, am I taking crazy pills here? Like, come on, the guy's no. got a plus nine hundred, and he's got a five-two-two with a slightly above two goals against. Like, like. What? He's he he's he's not been the problem. And um, when I talked about the throwdown, Cat uh, and I got into it on Twitter. Oh, not awesome. really into it, but uh, in the Islander game, okay. And I'm gonna I'll, I'll start out, okay. And <laughs> I don't mind taking the abuse. Cat's you know licking her chops. She's ready to just tear me apart on here but i want to just play this out okay so kachetkov in the islander game i know zach that you had mentioned that you really wouldn't couldn't you know put too much on him he that night he allowed three soft goals three okay we had the islanders beat but there were three soft goals that he allowed and my point of the whole statement was all you want out of your goaltend. You a goaltender cannot allow three soft goals in a game. You usually can't allow one soft goal. Never mind whatever. Now, my point was is that we he, he up until lately has really struggled with his consistency, and you know how you can identify it. 
at the very start of the game, look at his first shots where he's playing it with his glove and he doesn't catch it or he's fumbling it or he can't find the puck and he starts scrambling. He fights the puck. And that's when you know he's going to have a tough game tonight and everyone else had better circle the wagon sort of deal and really help him out because he's just fighting it. And until he finds it, uh, he he's going to be in real trouble. Think back to the Red Wing game, okay? He fought the puck all game. and Well, not all game. He, he was up at the middle of the second where he tried to make that one. He came out of his net to make that one pass. He put it right on to mm-hmm. Kane's stick, who was bewildered, thinking, I'm not supposed to receive passes from this guy. <laughs> he took the shot. And Kochetkov dove in front, made the save, saved his butt. And it's one of those situations I compare it to uh, when you're driving, okay? You're driving, you come up to an intersection, right? And you look both ways. You think you can pull out. And all of a sudden, in your blind spot, someone's there. And you're like, oh. And you go, oh, crap. I really have to get my head into driving, okay? That was the moment in his last little bit where he said in his head, I got to get my poop in a group. Okay. I've got to focus. I got to be ready for everything and just put my focus on because he has the skill. He is the future. He is great. And we saw it last night with all of those saves. It was a three to one loss, not three two. the fact that he made that save. Should be saving the seconds left. It should have been. Yeah. A hundred percent. So my concern with him, because he's young, is the consistency and no soft goals. That's what I wanted out of him. That made an excellent point about too many games going to the well too many times. Because he, he had played all those games and was mm-hmm. fantastic and was just tired. Uh, yeah. Can't being, freeze, I'll, I'll throw something in. <laughs> and I'll just say one more thing. Being 52, I'm used to seeing the goaltenders who play 70 games. I've seen that before. And so my thought of goaltenders is that they're great. They're super well-conditioned athletes and they're fantastic. And playing against a division rival who is games in hand, who is fighting for that playoff spot and shouldn't be ruled out, you cannot have a soft night. And that was that was it. But See, Kat made a good point to bring forth what the pro, what her stance. And I want to see that that's the one thing that people forget about though, too, is the fact that that's what goalies were kind of meant for. And they're a different breed. They were a different breed back then than they were today. That's the kind of goaltender like you you wanted a guy you could rely on for 60, 65, 70 games out of the year. I guess Um, I see those Hoshik saves that he makes where he dives out or whatever. And I just Uh, think back, oh, we've got Hoshik again. Yes, that's what people remember. And that's what people older generations are <laughs> careful with to. your words <laughs> no, um, no. but like i said like a prime example of that system failing and kind of turning away from that system is 
how we ran Bailey's favorite Cam Ward into the ground doing that. We didn't have, we didn't give that man enough rest. We didn't give him adequate backups. And that man got run into the ground. I fully think I, I, I stand by in the Islanders game. I don't, Agreed. I mean, yeah. Would I love Piotr to have more of those and have some more of his spectacular saves? Heck yeah. We got beat by one goal. Am I going to blame that one goal on Piotr? Or am I going to blame that one goal on that missed call on Spetch that turned around and was a goal against us? Oh, 100% the latter. Because I think that's what be. I think that missed call hit us more than any of his saves. Well, and and Bailey's, brought I, this up a lot. Bailey's brought this up enough too, though. The goal is only as good as the guys in front of him. And I'm sorry, but the fact that you had five other guys to go through, and, and here and here, I'm gonna go back to what race point was about goalies playing 60, 70 games. You look at the NHL back then, and you look at the NHL now. And Ray, you, you probably heard this on 32 Thoughts and every other podcast. There was games where you're like, oh, it's such and such team, chalk it up for a win. Because there was a point where there was 10, 11, 12 teams you can look at and be like, two points. No big deal. This team stinks. This league, one is much different. Maybe two, and there are superstars. All there's guys on every team that aren't superstars, and I say that very loosely because a lot of people act like, oh, you gotta be, uh, you gotta be a Matthews, McDavid, go down the list to be a college superstar. Every play, every team has that star player, Clayton Keller for the for the Coyotes, Zegras. However, that we'll go Frank Vitrano. For the Ducks, because he's Zegers is starting to make his case ever since he's been back. But yes, but Frank for Toronto's he's been on it. Um, you look at the Kings, Anze Kopitar's been really good, Kevin Fiala's good, you know, stuff like that. Every team has got good players, and that's why you that's why you don't see goalies playing that many games now because every single team is going to a, we need a two goalie tandem system because you can't run every goalie to the ground now because all every game now is 30, 40 shots of high end talent scoring goals, doing the things that need to be necessary. And I think that's where we're looking past the, yeah, Dominic Hoshik did play 60 games. Yeah. Cam Ward did play 60 games. All these guys played that many games, but it's one of those things where it's, you've got to, the changes very much happen now because there is no off night. There is no, Oh, this guy can go and, stand on his head for 25 saves because it's whatever. We just blow the doors off the other team. That just can't happen anymore. And the other thing too is though, not saying this is you or I'm talking about everyone in general. We can't have a narrative where we're going to blame the team for anti-Ranta. Ranta, I felt, I did feel bad for him because that sucked for him. And I'm saying, I'm not saying it was you. People are saying that people are blaming the team for anti-Ranta going down. We can't go around and go to this point and say that it's Pierre Kachekov and it's his fault why we're losing games when the team in front of him has been playing good as either. We can't we can't change the narrative for certain goalies. In also, certain I'm not. Also, that's I was that's And also, again, I I sparred with you, Ray, because I know we're friends and we can. I I we had valid points going back and forth. I was tired that night too of seeing Kyoto had had done fantastic the prior three games. With two shutouts, two like, shutouts involved. Yeah, that, he was. That what, yeah. OT was we get to that game him. and people were coming after him, and I'm like, you cannot come after him once we lose. Like that does not. It doesn't work that way. And that I, I maintain, I maintain. And I know you said I, I don't see we play him during against any Metro team. 
I maintain, I think that night we should have played Perez. Do I think, I, I don't know what that kid could, like they, from what I've seen, he can play goal. Do I, I haven't, have we seen him in NHL caliber yet? Don't know. But that Brilliant. game, you have your one goalie that is from your three that you started with. You have the one remaining there who has been playing his best. You got to give him a rest. You got to give him a rest. And I, I'm sorry, but the Islanders are the, for me, the Islanders was a team to do that. That's not, that's a team that's honestly, they're going to get that, those couple shots on that one was a higher scoring game. But typically they get those one couple goals on you and then they just crowd their defensive end. They play defense like their lives depend on it. They're not. They're not giving you like the Ovechkin shots. They're not giving you the New York Rangers running into you. Like you need. I, I would have played him there and given Kyoter a break because, as we saw coming back from the break after, Kyoter just needed rest. Like he is back. He is ready to play. He's full form. I, I, I can't. I I get tired after like ten minutes of regular yeah. ice skating. This man playing on his head for those couple of games and playing great and everyone being like, this is amazing. We finally have our goalies coming back. And he has one game where he is not at that same level, but it's not because that's how he plays, but because of exhaustion and then people turn on him. Not a fan of that. That's okay. what I that, was saying. That, that was my problem. That's my whole point. Cause you look at it. Capitals shootout penguins shootout. And that overtime against Pittsburgh was an absolute joke. For the fact that we had yeah. a power play that wasn't, we had a penalty kill that wasn't should have been a penalty kill at all, and you can tell he was absolutely gassed after that OT. You can't expect a guy to play two full games and two third of a game with every other day off, and expect him to go play in that fourth game. Also, look that at the other high, when you do look at the few other like I I say this league we we have some good goalies, but I like pure high caliber goalies are a little bit harder to find in the league right now because. It's a lot of you got to go back and forth between two guys that are kind of hot. Even the high, they lose games. Like it just happens. You can ride the hot hand, but after a while, that hot hand is going to go a little cold one game, and they're going to lose. So like, you see Staros, he's he's not been playing great this Vasilevsky year. Vasilevsky loses every now and then. That man blinks. Oh, he's not having a great year at all. Vasilevsky has not been that great this year. Yeah, give, no. give him a break oh. though. He had a pretty major surgery well, though. Yes, I'll give him that. But I'm just but yeah, Staros has not been playing that great. You look at um, Arizona. Felmalka hasn't been their main guy. It's been Connor Ingram. So even Shusterkin's not been playing that great. He's not looking at Jonathan Quick finally figured out how to play his game again. If I could report with two statements to wrap this up. Mm -hmm. Okay, sorry, three. First of all, that I completely and totally respect your your knowledge and your takes are always on point. So that's the first thing. Okay. The second thing that <laughs> I'm going to say, you, 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 you brought, you brought up, you brought up the games that were played. If I were to go back in time, the game to play Peretz was the one against the golden Knights. You play him that game and you give Yoder the rest that he needs to prepare for the Metro opponent. He played lights out against two Metro opponents that in Washington and Pittsburgh. Okay. Then we've got 
the defending champions come in and I know how you want to put your, all of your best that you have out and show them, you know, what kind of team that the hurricanes are. I would suggest to you that the way the hurricanes played in that Vegas game, that with Peretz, they still would have won and had given Piotr the rest that he needed. So that's just the one thing. You, uh, giving him the rest against the Metro, I just didn't I didn't like that idea. The fact that he played so well was part of the reason why I said you play the hot hand. You know how great he is. He's hot. He's making, you know, 10 bell saves yeah. all the time. Ride that hot hand and just get to the end. Just get to the finish line. It didn't work out. The last thing that I'll say is that I think this is a chicken or the egg situation <laughs> where, no, honestly, because when you look at goaltenders, there are times when right off the bat, you know, they're locked in, they're making huge saves and stuff. And that sends a vibe, an aura, if you will, for you D and D fans like Zach, <laughs> it sends out the aura amongst the rest of the team that, yo, I've got this back here go do your thing. Don't worry. We'll always be there. When you allow three soft goals and you are constantly getting back into the game and solving, making up for the goals that are allowed, that wears on the mental game of your forwards and your defensemen. It just does. And now look, you're right about how I I got on, I got on Kochetkov for the soft ones, and I kind of, kind of outwardly gave a pass on Ronta. I think I did that more out of respect for him, knowing his talent. Piotr is still young. He's still, I mean, he's not really the now guy. He's our future, isn't he? Like that's kind of what what I'm thinking. So you look, give him a four-year uh, contract, though. It's yeah, it's no, no, no. Now too, yeah. You, yeah, it it has to be. So look, um, do I regret what I said? Perhaps, perhaps I was a little harsh, but I kind of stand by just the statement that Piotr, if if Piotr just remains consistent, and I was looking at the long-term thing, how he struggled mightily at the start after Anderson went down with injury uh, again. Um, yeah, I just, I, I wanted to see the more consistent stuff because I love what he does. I love that he took out Brady Kachuk. I love that he wanted to throw mitts at him and, you know, whatever. I love everything about him. The fire, everything that he has is great. I, I, if I came out too harsh, yeah, you know, I, maybe I did, but I, I, I still believe that there's that consistency that we need out of all of our goaltenders, and that's, that's it. So I don't, I don't know. We're we're still friends, right, Kat? I <laughs> we're still friends, and I, I do agree. It was a kind of weird. It's a weird fifty-fifty of the of the Metro or the Vegas side. Like going into the Vegas side, so that's a game people think you're going to lose. It's a very hot team. You're like. Do I play? Do I want my goaltender so I can stay in the game, or do I play a guy for experience of the team of the game you think you're going to lose? And we came in and we proved ourselves and everyone else wrong that we were like, no, we're winning this game, and it was fantastic. 
then you're like, okay, do you stick with him with the Metro? Because you the Metro, you got to get those wins. But also the Metro, some of the teams there are a little weaker than the Vegas Knights. So it's a it was a weird that's a, that's a decision none of us really want to make. Yeah, no, like you're as right. you can see, you're we'll right. have differing ones, and I'm sure they were debating this in the coaching staff room. But uh, yes, we're still we're still friends. Piotr is still amazing, and um, thank you for coming to our TED talk. I think it's now time for the ads of the show. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, cool. So the first one we got to talk about is DraftKings. Um, bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. And when everyone does hear this um, podcast episode, it will be Monday morning. So it will be the day of the Winter Classic with the Vegas Golden Knights and Seattle Kraken. Uh, that game is 3.08 p.m. Eastern time. And if you're looking towards the puck line, the Seattle Kraken are at plus one and a half, and that's set at minus 218. Uh, the Golden Knights are a mi- uh, minus 1.5, and that's a plus 180. And in terms of the money line, Vegas Golden Knights is a minus 142 to the Kraken's plus 120. And if you're looking at the over-unders, Vegas is at a over six with a minus 102, and the Seattle Kraken are under six with a minus 118. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. And the crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. And now for the part that I'm very interested to see how this is going to go, because the last time this happened, I got absolutely roasted. So instead of me taking care of Primo X Hockey's ad read, I'm passing it down to our friend, Mr. Ray, who has another great script prepared. Ray, please take it off. Hi there. It's Raymond of the Storm Cellar podcast once again. I've popped out of the Storm Cellar because the Surgecast crew has asked their most cherished social media podcast associate, suck it, Colin, to share the unmatched benefits of fulfilling all of your hockey needs by shopping at Primo Hockey. Now, look, you watch the game. You know all about the intricacies and nuances the sport has that makes it so great. The absence of even the tiniest part would make play impossible. Think of it this way. An exaggeration? Imagine playing the high-speed game in skates without laces. Or using your stick without the tape on the blade and the handle. Why? In comparison, that would be like listening to the Surge cast without Bailey and Kat. Sure, Zach is a great host, but we all know that it's Bailey and Kat who are holding the show together, like the laces on skates and tape on sticks. Oh, you can rest easy now because Primo X Hockey has you covered. Not only do they have laces and tape, they have much, much more. They have socks, pucks, balls for all of you road hockey enthusiasts. The experts at Primo X, they can sharpen your skates for the low, low price of just five bucks and then turn around and sell you the skate guards that you need to keep them sharp. You need more? Fine. Primo X also has amazing merch like hats, hoodies, and of course, the much-needed koozies that'll keep those wobbly pops cold when things get hot. 
Brown OX is the pride, the pride of North Carolina and is accessible all around the world thanks to its easy-to-navigate website. When you do your online shopping, don't forget to use the Not Fishy at All AHO discount of 20% off. Just use the code SURGECAST at checkout. The piece the resistance. Primo X delivers anywhere in the continental U.S. for free. The proud OG sponsor and supporter of the SurgeCast from the very beginning has a great warehouse in Raleigh as well, so you can swing by and let the experts on site take care of everything you need. The beauty and joy in the game of hockey is found in the little details. Let Primo X Hockey take care of them for you. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love um, it. While Zach, while Zach, while Zach marinates in that, I do want to say the the Canes just shared this graphic, which is great, and I know we talked about it earlier, but one more time is our special teams in December. Um, as of today, before gameplay, so before the rest of the teams play today, our penalty kill is first in the NHL in 93.8%, and our power play is second in the NHL at 36.7%. Who would have thought we would ever be second? Uh, for the month of December. There, That's what I just said, Jack. Zach, I <laughs> Literally, listen, open your ears, boy. That's what I said. As of special teams in December, as of today, before the game's played. Listen to the laces. <laughs> the laces are keeping this all together. The skate, <laughs> the tape on the stick, Zach. Remember, <laughs> I didn't call you Gramps once. Or... All right. So we've got some. We've got some New Year's Eve games, right? Or New Year's Day, whatever. New Year's I'm games, sorry, Bailey. Zach. You know I love you, Zach. I, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm look. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that if I ever got into, say, a D and D game with Zach, who is the uh, the dungeon master or whatever, uh, he would have me killed off in the first five minutes flat. There's no question about that. Uh, I love you, Zach. A DM never reveals his secrets. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Let's get into this because this looks exciting already. Alrighty. We only do audio. I can. Seeing this is amazing. Let me see if I can. Uh present and it will still no it will not do that so never mind we're gonna keep it looked fine it looked fine you can just see the no but then i couldn't see you guys so oh there you go yeah it's gonna be finicky so i have a lovely powerpoint presentation uh prepared for you all today uh filled with a bunch of different games some of which we might skip through depending on time um but we'll just kind of go and I'll start off with explaining the first one and let it marinate with you while we move on to the rest of the games. And then we'll make our way back to it at the end of our time today. So the first one I have prepared for you is a New Year's Eve player countdown. I have the current 23, at least I think it's all 23 men, uh, man roster uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, including Frederick Anderson and Auntie Ronta this time, and excluding Yana Peretz. What I would like you guys to do is think about uh, this team as a whole, as it currently is now, 
rank them from number 10 to number one. So a little similar to the Christmas tree, but of course, more New Year's Eve catered than the tree. Uh, I don't expect to put you guys on the spot right now. So like I said, I'm going to let this marinate for a little bit as we get on to my favorite portion of our games. And that is New Year's Eve trivia. I could oh, not have Lord. a trivia game <laughs> without our history buff, Mr. Raymond from the Storm Cellar. Oh, so, my. Getting Pressure's into it, on. there's a little bit uh, from the recent year that has been this year, and then we'll throw it back a little bit uh, pretty far. I think the furthest that will go back is back to 2010. So... We'll get the show on the road. Starting off, who scored the opening goal in the 2023 Stadium Series game? Oh, that was KK, wasn't it? KK, yeah, KK. That was the Asperi Kokaniemi scoring Ooh. your first goal. Speaking of opening goals. When the Hurricanes made it back to the playoffs in 2019, which player scored the opening goal in Game 3 in PNC Arena? And you get bonus points if you can guess the team it was against. Mm. Call in if you need any hints. Okay. I I think I know the team. was. Okay. It, was Na- it was Nashville, was it not? Let me... I thought they were later. That would be not Nashville. Okay. I, w- I went too far ahead. That's in the pandemic. Uh, if it was before that. Was it then... the Capitals? We it was about? the Washington Capitals. Uh, there you go. Uh, nice. Do you Andre? remember who scored it? Was it Andre Svechnikov? It was not. Hmm. I'm going to throw in... Stall, oh. I think it was. I'm not sure. Stall, game three in PNC Arena, the 2019 playoffs. Who was it? Well, we made it back to the playoffs, so that's that's when that's right before Marazic yelled, "We're in, we're in, we're in." Um, this was after because he he yelled that when we got into the pool. That, that's what it says. It says back into the playoffs. Uh, what? Who oh, scored the three. opening goal in game three? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> great, for, great for the audio listeners. <laughs> I know. Leave me alone. I'll give you a hint. He is does it not Nino? currently play on the team. Is it Nino? It is not Nino. Hmm. He is not currently on the I know Nino roster. got us the goal to get us into playoffs. And I know him again beat the Capitals. <laughs> Damn it. Who's in between? <laughs> was it was it was it Trojak? It was against the Capitals, Mr. Warren, Warren Fogel. Oh. That was my second guess. <laughs> oh, Fogel. Warren Fogel. Oh All right. Fogel. Moving on to our next question. Who was the last Carolina Hurricanes player to record 100 oh. penalty minutes in a season? Bonus points if you can guess the year. Oh, geez. 100 pims. Gosh, it's been so long since we had someone in the in the hundred pim range. <laughs> I think I broke Ray. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. A hundred pims. Oh my gosh. Uh, 
Oh my gosh, who would that have even can been? Can you give us a can you give us a range of years? Uh it was if I remember correctly, the Dark Ages. Oh jeez, that could be almost anybody at that point. I'll give you a hint. We hit a new decade. Oh, I don't think John Michael Lyles was even on the team in 2010 at that point. Um, gosh, who would have done it back then? Let's see, I don't think it was Lad. Give you guys 10 more seconds. Uh, Chad LaRose. Nope. Stahl? Eric? Nope. 20, 20, 20 minutes is a lot. I, I, I'll throw out lad, but I, I, I'm sure I'm wrong. You have, in the year of our Lord 2010, Tom Kostopoulos. Wow, that's a yeah. name from the way back machine. Gosh. <laughs> I wouldn't have ever guessed that. I forgot. Wow. That tells you how bad this team was that we don't really remember that as that guy on the roster. <laughs> yeah. Oh my All right, God. moving on to our next question. Who are the only two players to record 40 goals in a season for the Carolina Hurricanes? I know Eric Stahl has it has to be Stahl has to be Eric Stahl has to be one of them. Yeah. Who would okay. be the other, other 40 goal scorer? Jeff Skinner? Um, did Skinny uh, run 40? Uh, kind of close, but not quite. Wait, oh, he Lindholm? almost had 40 goals? No. Lindholm? No. Wait, so, so you've Eric's got Stahl correct. Okay, Eric Something Stahl. to do with Jeff Skinner is correct. It, it, it's not Jeff Skinner. That That's a poor way to put it. Jeff Skinner and this player have something in common. Jeff Skinner and this player have something in common? And it has nothing to do with their play. Can't be their number. Would it be draftier? Give up. Are they, are they both in Buffalo now? It was Eric Stahl and Jeff O'Neill. Jeff O'Neill. Gosh darn it. <laughs> see, that's uh, see when you said oh. you're only going back as far as 2010, I. That, I don't think of O'Neill before then. I don't no, think of O'Neill. I, I must have after. gotten that wrong. Sorry. Oh, oh no, no, that's true. okay. That's okay. Jeff O'Neill. That makes that, total sense. Jeff O'Neill. He was he was pre lockout games. He wasn't even on the 0506 squad. He was yeah. He was pre lockout games. Yeah. All right. That was in O2, right? Yeah. O2. Yeah. When, when this <laughs> would not be funny. trivia run by yours truly if a Cam Ward question was not involved. There you go. Perfect. Cam, Norton, Cam Ward is known for two specific goals in his career. A standard goal that he scored and the infamous skate goal. Who were the Hurricanes playing in each of those games? Oh, where well, the puck got stuck on his skate and he backed it in. Oh. oh. Was, that the, was that the New York Islanders for the skate goal? Or was it the Buffalo Sabres? It was neither. Skate. No, it can't be the... Devils? Was the Devils the skate goal? I feel like it wasn't a Metro team. Not for the skate goal. Well, well, the well, the Metro wasn't even the Metro at that point. This we're still probably Whatever. talking. I feel like it wasn't the uh, it wasn't on the East. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it against the West? The infamous team? skate goal was against a team on the West side of the country. 
With, uh, okay, so with the goal he scored and the skate goal are against the same team, or are you no? They're the each against different. We're looking for different teams here. Was it was so, it the was it the Los Angeles Kings for the skate goal? It was not. Um, I'm. I wanna. I wanna say just for shits and giggles, uh, Ducks or Coyotes. Yeah, that's an excellent choice. Uh, I think the skate. You've got goal, a fifty-fifty chance here, Cat. <laughs> I think this. Yeah, I think this skate goal was the Coyotes. You would be correct. Skate goal against the Coyotes. The goal he goal he scored. I remember. Who did he score a goal against? Give you a hint, Zach. You already said it. Oh, I'm gonna hit my Buffalo. Nope. Wait, who have I said so far? Buffalo. San Jose. Islanders. Kings. No. Nope. Devils. <laughs> it was the New Jersey, Jersey Devils. How many teams did Zach say? <laughs> so That's he scored five. his goal against the New Jersey Devils, and he Look missed the, the infamous skate goal against. Were they the Phoenix Coyotes at that time? I believe they were. Uh, they yeah. were, yeah. Yes, way, way back in the day. It's still, right. it's still the Coyotes. It's still the Coyotes. I wanted to get a little specific. All right. Also throwing it back a few years with this next one. Marcus Kruger scored his own wacky goal of a revenge goal, which was the only goal of his Hurricanes career. Which team were the Hurricanes playing? Chicago Blackhawks. They were not playing the Chicago Blackhawks. Who else is Marcus Kruger? The Coyotes? I'll tell you what. I'm drawing complete blank. I don't even know. Marcus Kruger Kruger played with the the (laughs) Kings. Well, I remember remember he played with the Hawks because he won a cup with them. I'm trying. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to roll a deck to the teams that he's played for outside of Arizona and Chicago. No, so he he was with the Hurricanes for this goal. This was no, the only goal what, of his Hurricanes career. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying to remember who he played for though, because he played for the Hawks. He's played for the Coyotes. Who else did he play for? Oh, what? I'm I don't know. Total blank. I'm. I'll give you a hint. There, uh, oh no, that's going to be too much of a giveaway. Just what division are they in? What division are they in? Are they the Pacific right now? Oh, geez. Dallas? No, Dallas. Yeah, they're in the Pacific Division currently. Who else does he play for? At the well, no, at the time Arizona was in the in the Pacific. Well. You Why is it me. a revenge goal? Because it's against his former team. That they all call revenge goals against former teams. That is Vancouver, that. Why do you guys yeah. give up? If it's not, if it's not totally against those, if Vancouver it's not Canucks? against those two teams, it was not, not the Vancouver teams. Canucks. I don't know. It was. Wait, Pacific. Wait, wait, Pacific teams. What? The Vegas Golden Knights. Why did Marcus Kirk play for the Vegas Golden Knights? <laughs> It must have been just a cup of coffee. I'll, t- I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. I didn't know you even played for them. All right. I've got two more questions for you guys. That's brutal. Who is the only player in the NHL history to score a goal in each of his last five regular season games? Is this for the Hurricanes or just in general? He is the Hur- He has been part of the Hurricanes. Only player in NHL to score a goal in each of his last five regular seasons. So he's retired now, I'm guessing. You tell me. 
I'm going to, uh, I'm the, and the only reason why I'm guessing this is because he also scored the first Kane's goal. I'm just going to say Kevin Deneen. Because he not scored the Kevin very Deneen. last one in Hartford. So it's it not Kevin Deneen. not Kevin Deneen. Hmm. Well, that was my guess. So it's a good I'm guess, hoping. though. Last five. My, okay. Uh. If it's an old school dude, I have no idea, but I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. Actually, no, I'll let Zach guess first. Go ahead, Zach. I have Ray a feeling w- your guess is gonna be correct, Kat. It's, Go ahead. it's Ray Whitney. It is not Ray Whitney. I thought it'd be the wizard. Justin Williams. It is oh come well done, Chad. Done. Very, very, very well. I was gonna give a hint and saying like his retirement's fairly recent, but that would have given it so much. Yeah, hundred percent. She. All right, your last question of the night. That was awesome. (laughs) Actually, no, second to last question for trivia. Okay. But last, like official, official question. I will be shocked if you guys get all of these. January 9th of 2018, Justin Fox scored a power play goal to make it 3-0 in a game, activating what they call the fat trick. Which three food promotions did Fox activate oh, with his Ken, goal? Ken knows this one. Moe's. Moe's. What specifically? Oh, was it, was I it always remember chips? watching I never got it. Was, was it, it the free chips and it's a free queso. Free queso. Free queso. One is still active today. Did we still Wait, do the that, biscuit in a basket? The biscuit in a basket, basket the, for a power play goal. Yes. Was it the free? For a little bit, we did a free Pepsi, which is, I thought, dumb. But what, this, this, <laughs> what, what, No, because it can't be Chick-fil-A because they have Bojangles. So Bojangles, Moe's. I have no idea. Uh, what else do we guys offer? give up? I, I oh, give up. I, 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 no, the, I don't get no. I got those two. I want the third. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you, you want one right. now, or you just want to get this one right? <laughs> I want to get this right. <laughs> okay. So I'm coming up a win. I want another win. <laughs> the bad thing is I wasn't on enough games to know even what the promotions even were in 20. I live in Calgary. I don't remember all of them. <laughs> oh, I'm just hearing <laughs> excuses. <laughs> oh, God, was it dunk was it Duncan or Crispy? It was not. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with coffee or donuts. Oh jeez! Nothing to do with coffee or donuts, but it's another food promotion. Well, duh! It's called a fat trick. <laughs> no, but... Well, PD, PDQ, <laughs> chicken strips. No, they weren't the nope. thing. That wasn't a thing. That... PDQ wasn't a thing back in 2018. Was it Taco Bell? Was not Taco Bell? I give up. I have no idea. No, because this... if we had if we had Bojangles. The fast food things are kind of. I think for the sake of time, we might have to just be like, all right, what's the. Can you give me a hint? Can you give me a hint? Uh, You can give an obscure one if there is possible. This food is very popular for parties. 
Doritos, nachos? Not not snacks. I'm talking on. Is it wings? Is it wings? Not wings, but you could put it in the same kind of like bar-ish food. Burgers. Pizza. Pizza. Okay. Dominos. Papa not John. Dominos. It Papa was John. Papa John's. Oh, wow. So you have. One, okay. Papa John's 50% wow. off for three goals. That's, that's an that's awesome a deal. deal. Why that don't you get that anymore? Biscuit for the power play and most queso for any Falk gold. This was my favorite of the three. We used... I, I'm mad that I didn't get that queso more. Oh, no, um, honestly, the Papa John's one's the best one, honestly. When did we... We had, I know we had Chick fil A for a while. When did Chick fil A? Chick fil A was last year, was it not? They still do it, just not the same way. So last year they did for like home wins, you could redeem a Chick fil A sandwich in your app. And then this year, what they'll do is uh, they'll donate like a certain amount of chicken sandwiches to the community, depending on how many wins you have. I just really also want a sandwich. That really tells you where this team was in 2018, where like you got 50% off of a Papa John's order for, for three goals. Man, I'd be, right. I'd be so much Like, look at the last couple of games, there. dude. Papa John's would be out of business. <laughs> All right. As much as I'd love to, I can't take credit for these trivia questions. Who provided today's questions? Jules. Game stats brand. Abby Jules. Ray. I gotta go off or, the wait. Is it who you insulted earlier, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Colin. It was Kane Snapbrand. Oh. He says hello and wishes everybody a happy new year. We thank him very much for providing. Okay, that's almost certainly do. So yeah, I I reached out to him earlier this week and was like, hey, we've got an awesome special coming up. I promise there's no surprises this time, but (laughs) that's that's awesome. So all right. While we're still marinating in our countdown, the year of 2023. A recollection. I'm going to give you guys some prompts, or I guess prompts-ish, uh, and you're going to tell me your the first moment that comes to mind or thing that comes to mind for that prompt. So, first one, most embarrassing moment of the year for the Canes. Florida sweep. Florida sweep? No, I would, would you really call it an embarrassment, though? Because they only totally. lost every... It was one goal a game, and of course, Bobrovsky was just on a whatever that was. I wouldn't even call that embarrassing. There's I mean, no way there's no way we shouldn't have been in the Stanley Cup final last year. None. I don't care about how, that's more how embarrassing hot they were. That's more embarrassing on Boston more than uh, yeah, true enough. True enough. <laughs> I'll but, give you that. But but <laughs> I yeah I just we played so well I thought we were locked in to me the just being it was Bobrovsky. It that way. It was Bobrovsky man if it wasn't for him they would have won the, the it's just he he had like a sub one five at that point. Uh, most, yeah, embar- crazy. most embarrassing. Because I have mine in my head, but I want you guys to go first. For this year, oh, what could be? Honestly. What could be really embarrassing for this past Maybe year? it's because it's recent, so it's more in my head. But the Tampa 8-2 to two loss, just, it's just it Oof. hits different. It just hits different. Uh, Fair. Mm. Oh, I was going to say Arizona, but that was in 2022. 
because I was like right before Thanksgiving. I'm so thinking back count. now. When hold on. No, the air's there. Like, the, my the Arizona loss was it was right before Thanksgiving of 2022. I would say 23. Most embarrassing. Yeah, I want to say cats because that one that was a pretty embarrassing loss. Um The, uh, um, oh, you know what? I, I have an answer, and I think it's not really on ice. It's the acquisition off the ice. I know I'm going to make a lot of people upset with them. But I don't care. <laughs> bring back a defenseman. Okay. Bring back a defenseman we didn't need. <laughs> Mine yeah. happened at the very beginning of this year. If you guys remember a certain play handled by none other than Frederick Anderson. Oh, and wonderful oh, little baseball. baseball move. Oh, gosh, that was oh, that, that was led to a goal. That was pretty bad. That is my most embarrassing moment of the year for the Canes. It's real bad. Uh, most I, I know that we're probably going to have very similar answers for this one. Most memorable moment of the year. Damn series. Um, for me, it is Seth Jarvis's hat trick against the team that shall not be named on the Hall of Fame night where I threw my 2006 Stanley Cup hat <laughs> onto the ice and it arced ever so gently, landing just at Jarvis's feet as he was skating in after scoring. That was Devin Brown. Now, for me, it's the Stadium Series. That was just the admin. The pre-gaming, well, the fact we all got to hang out for Cam Ward night, the night before, and then the stadium series for the tailgating, going to the game, them winning, just the – even though we all froze to death for most of that game. No, I was fairly warm. I I, I just series. I just remember the the Jaeger we hot chocolate. Jaeger Meister hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was good. Courtesy of Cat's dad. Oh, yeah, yeah I, just, I just think I think the whole like I think it kind of plays into Ray's answer of that of Cam I think just that whole weekend of Cam Ward night us hanging out Friday night going out to dinner as a group and then going to the steam series for the you know tailgating the game hanging out after yeah I think just that whole like stretch of three days was the absolute best the stadium series short sweet to the point I dig it Mm -hmm. um mine would have to be meeting you fine individuals in person. Oh, I think well, even oh, if it man. was for an entire weekend, just that moment where we all kind of got together and got to hang out and celebrate what was a really, really cool weekend was. I mean, awesome. hey, and the, and the cool thing, yeah, we get to do it again uh, in February. So <laughs> exciting, right? I'm very excited. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I get barely uh, a whole week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be tired of me by Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. No. Best goal of the year. Oh, oh. got a oh, lot of choices no. here. Oh, there's so many. There's so uh, many. It's, uh, it, it's it's a repetition, but the shorthanded goal to make the hat trick for Jarvis against the team that shall not be named. Fair. It was a shorty to boot. Like they put him out there, and it just magic happened. It was it was wonderful. That was the best goal for me. The one that comes to mind was the. It was like the tick. It was a tic tac toe goal where it literally went. I think Tavo. Oh no! 
I don't remember who it was. Aho finished it, and it was glorious. Was it but that one telepathic goal from earlier in the season? No, because no, I think Aho did. Aho finish that one. It's like this weird one where like one of the two of them like telegraphed where the other was going to be. They rode up and shot it, and that that's mine. Um, just because like to be able to read each other's mind on that goal, just you, you don't see. I think a it. Lot of that I right think now. it was. Yeah, I think it was. Turbo Jarvis and Seabass. Now I'm trying to see if it's the one I was thinking of. Zach? <laughs> oh, it was the goal in the stadium series where it was a uh, give and go on the was it that two on oh? Who scored that one? Dude, I don't even remember the goals of the stadium series. Good for you. <laughs> I know I know I know I know I know I know nature scored on the rebound slap shot goal. I know. I just, remember, I just remember the crowd oh, was trying table. to bully Martinuk, and it was like, oh, no. oh, it's table. The only yeah. it, one of the biggest things I remember from that game is to, all around us: C A P S caps caps. It was so annoying. It was yeah, the tic tac, and you can look it up on YouTube. It's the tic tac aho, and it's aho to turbo to aho to Jarvis to turbo to aho, and it's. I th- yeah, I think my, I think my, I think mine was when Tavo scored on a give and go between him and KK. For the empty net on the two on a break. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. There were so many though. The biggest lesson the Canes learned this year. Don't try to go for a power pay specialist when you didn't really need one. Okay. Um. You could never have too many goalies. <laughs> um, Ray? Lots of things running through my head, but um, I'm going to say sometimes you can't stand Pat at the deadline. All right, fair. For me, it's a fairly new lesson, but it's the realization that you don't just have to have a good power play or a good penalty kill, and that both are possible. Mm. Mm. We're seeing that lately, to be sure. Yes. Well, well, speaking of a point earlier, I'm just talking about like it wasn't you. You don't need a legit number one quarterback to run a power play. If you got the right guys on that power play unit, you don't need a quarterback. Can I go first on this one? Yes, please. Funniest moment of the year. Go ahead. Uh, I think I would think it would have to be uh, the KK kids picture <laughs> thing <laughs> with the mole. That uh, no one, I don't parents, know how they didn't recognize. And and his parents were in the stands. His parents were in the building too for it. Uh, <laughs> priceless. Priceless. See, you say the KK one. Mine is the Jarvis one where Stahl looks at his picture and goes, This kid looks dumb. It has to be Jarvis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good, that was a good moment too, for sure. Um, there's that, and then there's his most recent interview that just cracks me up, man. That was very good. 
Last <laughs> night. Talking about yeah, last night you're watching this on New Year's Day, so it was uh, the game against Toronto. But a reporter had asked him about his energy, and he was like, "Some of these guys are old and whatever, so I got to keep them keep their I, spirits I high." Think, or something like I that. think I think that was Hannah Yates that asked him that. No, no, it wasn't Hannah. It was the guy right after Hannah. Oh, okay. I forget his name, but I literally saw him talking about it on Twitter. Funniest moment. I think the funniest moment for me is that still photo of them at, I think it was the 5K event before the season. And it's the picture of Cock and Yang with that side eye to Trip Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest (laughs) material ever. It's just that side eye. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Now, for Trip Tracy moments, that wasn't the that wasn't the most porkiest of. Oh no! There's so many. Cat, is yours the same? Is that that Jarvis? Yeah. Any honestly, any Jarvis moment. Jarvis in the tank top. He's Jarvis. Priceless. It's just nonstop. Jarvis. Jarvis is the funniest moment of the year. All right. I have a caveat, honestly, as the, and this and the second is the second is Tavo competing with Aho in those videos and giving like such sass, trying to get him to laugh and saying, "I'm not." Oh laughing. yes. <laughs> I've got a little caveat with this next one. Barring the stadium series game, which game was your favorite to watch? Uh, it's, it's, past year. It's, it's repetitive, but it it's is. not a stadium series game. I was in the barn. I returned to the prom, the uh, Holy Land, my Holy Land. I'm not religious, but but NC <laughs> is, is my Holy Land. And it's just being there in the barn again with friends, seeing all of you, watching us just throttle the team that shall not be named. It couldn't have been, it couldn't have been better. And, and even better was the fact that I was in the building because it allowed me to see all of the things that, you know, Kat pointed out earlier in the show. You, When you're watching a game on TV, you only follow the puck. You don't see everything else that goes on. You don't see the intricacies of the line changes. You don't see the stuff going on behind the play. You don't, I mean, you lose all of that watching the game, being in that barn. Awesome. Awesome. I would say, (laughs) I would say it's, I would say it's, um, it was last season. Um, we did an absolute beatdown of the Bruins at home. Mm. And Jarvis scored, and he came and celebrated right in front of the, the boards where we were, like, maybe three rows away from me. And it was just – that game just felt so – because the Bruins were having a great season, and we just smacked them upside the head and said, nope. And it was such a team effort and glorious. Yeah. I think my favorite game to watch from last year – there's so many good ones, but I think it's the one where they absolutely. Uh, I think it's the it's the one where I think it was Faust where he ends the series against the Devils, where it was just an absolute like onslaught of routes the entire series, and he just banks it off his body and scores it to take out the Devils to go to the Eastern Conference Final. The fact of just how loud it was in that building too was absolutely insane. I feel like me saying the Cam Ward Hall of Fame game is cheating. 
It is. It's absolutely true. You can't. You can't so, say that one. <laughs> I love it. Say I love it. it. She made up. She made up the game. She yeah. said excluding the stadium yes. series. She yes. can say whatever she wants, Gramps. So if I can't, oh my god, if I can't, so the only reason I would say the Cam Ward series is it, like or game is I was, and I'll I'll sit here and call myself out. I was crap talking Seth Jarvis at the beginning of the game. And saying he's having a little bit of a sophomore slump. He's not really performing all that well. And to see him throw that back in my face with a hat trick was great. But if I can't choose that one, it's a recent no, you game. Can't, you can't always nail the it, it was a recent game against the Vegas Golden Knights. The first game we had kind of won and won dominantly in a while. Yeah, um, just one. kind of pulling our heads out of our you-know-whats and – handing it back and showing everybody that we are exactly the team that we, everybody said we were at the beginning of the year. Uh, we're going to make this next few uh, quick or this last one quick before we head back to the rankings song to sum up this year's events. Jeez. Jeez. Um, I feel like we should have been given this question at the beginning so we could think about it. <laughs> we can, um, I can totally move back to this one if you want to think about it. Oh, listening uh, to these two, it's gonna take some time, so I feel like we should right. go to the rankings. No, no, so, I, 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 I can get mine pretty quick, but that's fine. So, marinate on it a little bit with these because we are kind of nearing on time. No explanation, just dropping names. So, we're, so we're picking our 10th favorite to the to most favorite. Mm hmm. I think you should oh. say a number, and we. I think you should say a number, and we just all say which we think is should go in that one. Well, well, well we each have our. Oh, you have it separated. Yeah. Oh. Which is why I'm saying, like, I, I'm just saying we speed run it, go down. So Zach, number ten. No explanation, oh. Zach. Just speed run. <laughs> you put me on the spot of like, all right, name your ten favorite hurricane. Um. Oh my gosh. Or do you want to start with number one? Would no, it be we'll, easier going the other way? It's yeah, but it's technically ten. a countdown. So like, I'll, I'll, I'll go from ten to I'll go from ten to one. Okay. Um, Jack Jury at ten. All right. Oh gosh, I'm I'm winging it at this point. Um, you can feel uh, bad about it later. I I will feel bad. Uh, Jordan Stall. All right. Uh, Tipa Teravinen. Oh, where was Tipa? Uh, Jordan Martinuk. I'll get yelled at if I don't pick him. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, KK. Uh, geez, five. Um, Andrei Svechnikov. Piotr. Piotr. Oh geez, um, Seth Jarvis, Slavin, and then Aho. Where's Slavo? Above uh, Bunting. There, wait. Oh, there we go. And then you said Sebastian Aho. Sebastian Aho. Yeah, that was. Oh gosh, that's <laughs> not easy. No explanation. Wow. <laughs> no explanation. Absolute speed run. I'm like, gee, like, who am I going to leave off this list? Like, I, I, left, I left. Not I left a bad Burn list, though. I left Burnsy off, though. Like, 
Oh, yeah. That's, and guys, that's keep gone. in mind too that this is not it, like it, you can take in like players that are here and put them it, like for play from last season as well, as long as it falls within 2023. Oh gosh, yeah, that, yeah, that's just a brutal speed run, dude. Like, oh my goodness. Wow. Cat, right, you are up. Woof. Number ten. You're muted, by the way. No, take Ray. Take Ray. Good. Do Ray's verse. Oh my god. Oh my Are you god. gonna put me in the no, spot? It, Kat, you beat yeah. me enough up enough already. I'm doing something, but then I will. That's okay. All right, Ray. Okay, so I'm starting with I'm starting with Chatfield. All right. Uh Mason. Ooh, okay. Uh I'm going with uh I'm going with Turbo. I'm going with uh, I'm going with uh, Burns. I'm going with Shay. Yeah, this is this is not easy. Too. <laughs> I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with Freddie. Um, this is hard. Uh, how about how about Slavin? Svetch? Jarvie? Fishy. All right. Yo, I, Ray, what, did I, what, what did I tell you? That is not easy. No, it's a mess. That's a mess. That a, oh, For a speed right. run, that is not a bad list. Cat, we're rounding back to you. All right. Number 10. It's hard because I know my first five, but the top, the other five are what's hard. Um, Starting with 10. Well, yeah, no, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not cool. because you, yeah. Uh, not, and I went first too. It's just like, all right, here you go. It's like, okay, uh, yeah. Uh, what you get for starting boss. the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> to the left. Wiki. To the left. Oh, shoot. Wait, right there. Mm-hmm. Chatfield. Jack. Turbo. Actually, sorry. No, wait, wait, wait. Take off Jack. Push Turbo up to eight. Sorry. Bye, Jack. <laughs> Mason. Oh, wait. Hold on. I'm going to get rid of that. Uh, la, la. Kyoto. 
Shay, Svetch, Slavin, Jarvis, Aho. All righty. Moving on to myself. Uh, okay. Um, start off. I'm actually going to do something interesting. Nate just is going to go at 10 for me. Okay. Solely for his play last season. But it's evened out because it's not as great this season. Fost at nine. Um, Shazy at eight. KK at seven. Turbo at six. Um, ooh. Kachetkov at five. Slavin at four. No. Svechnikov at four. Slavin at three. Jarvis at two. Aho at one. Yo, that was not easy. (laughs) There were some obvious, like, unanimous decisions there. Uh, but other than that, four. it's it. Yeah, I mean, you knew who was going to kind of be there, but man, oh man, it's it's difficult. This is a deep lineup. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's a like deep well, lineup. Like five through ten, it could be anyone's game. Top four, it's kind of like okay, you kind of know who your top four is, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. Go back to my, go back to mine real quick. I'm, I want to see. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I think I all of us but you are like one two top tandem. Was Aho Jarvis? Yours was. Why are there balloons on my screen? I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> celebrating. Like, yeah, it's just yeah, because that was tough. Because the fact of like, who do you try to put in there? Yeah, I don't. Know, just I think it's just Jack and Gerald. He's just gotten better over time. But yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that was tough. So, yeah, those are your New Year's Eve games. I'll end off um, with wishing everybody let us know what you guys uh think down in oh, we gotta the comments do the song. And, we gotta oh the song. the song that's right i forgot song to sum up this year's events and then we're speed running outro <laughs> yeah 12 minutes sorry just make the, make the songs quick <laughs> i'll go i'll go first uh and just in for the name of it and the fact that it's the greatest band to exist ever Pearl Jam, I'm picking Better Man. The theme of the song is not, does not the reason why I take it. I think we, they are all getting better. They are all becoming better men. I love you pulling out Pearl Jam. That's fantastic. I live by them. It's, yeah, it's Pearl Jam through and through. If I had given it more thought, I probably could have found one that fit a little bit better. But yeah. World Jam's better, man. All right. Mm. Zach, I think you're being cued to go next. <laughs> no, let's go with you, Bailey. I'm still oh, thinking. Oh, to me? Oh, God. Um, yeah, I'm still thinking. 
I don't know why, but I feel like I forget who is it by. Um, is that the song? I think, yeah. Uh, song by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrenus, I think is how you say it. Time of my life. So oh, like, this, this, this year was filled with a lot of really, really like highlighted moments for the Canes, making it to the Stanley uh, Stanley Cup uh, or Eastern Conference Final. Um, the or having the inaugural Hall of Fame game. Um, the stadium series, hearing about what's to come in future years and everything that the Canes have done this year. I think it's just a very fitting song um, with moments that make us say we've never felt this way before and we owe it all to the Canes. If you guys still need time, I've got an additional one that I want to have. <laughs> oh, I have so if you need more time. I, I do have mine. Exactly. Okay, Kat. Okay, so this is by a band. Uh, it's called The Score. Okay. Uh, they have actually, they've done a, for some old old promo videos. Honestly. I love them. It, it might have been back in 2019, now that I think about it. Um, or it was definitely in one of them, but they, they did a song called uh, Legend, which if you listen to it, you'll recognize it as one of the promo ones. They have another song called Glory, mm -hmm. and the lyrics are just kind of very Canes. Um, it's pretty much just, it's kind of the underdog coming back to win and be the fav like be the favorite, going on to win it all. I mean, obviously, that's what we all want. Um, but some of the lyrics are like, never staying down. This is something real. I'm a name that you'll, you'll remember. I'm more than just a thrill. I'm going to be the greatest ever. And then continuing on pretty much it all says it's like uh, there's no stopping us i was born for it, do it for the glory but it's um i will never be too afraid to leave to bleed giving up on me even when it's hard oh i started as an ember who was meant for kerosene now i'm a raging fire and honestly that's i feel like that's what the canes have been since 2019 is that they've slowly got that spark and they just keep burning i mean honestly this year it was a little nerve-wracking but they're starting to get that spark again and i mean it's a very fitting song for them. That's I highly amazing. recommend everyone listen to it. It's glory. The score the in score. general, they're just an awesome band. Born for this, Listen, if you need a pump-up song, I their laugh. songs are such great pump-up songs. They are fantastic pump-up songs. Zach, lead us out, my friend. Uh, I'm going to go with Sleep Token on this one. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, Chokehold. Yeah. Uh, off their newer album, uh, Take Me Back to Eden. It's the whole album's great, but you know, just that song for the fact of just how the Hurricanes have been this past year with the stadium series, the playoff run that they had, and the fact that you look at just the people are finally, I think it's taken a while, but I think people are finally realizing that North Carolina is a hockey state. It was the fact that they sold out tickets twice for the stadium series, they had the biggest club hockey game attendance ever. Like, just uh, the fact that people pack out Invisalign for high school club hockey games and stuff like that. And just, it shows that second in attendance last year overall, I think this year they're pretty much, I think at the top almost again, 
It's constant sell. It's a, the barn's always constantly alive. Guys know that it's hard to place the play. I think just this last year has really gotten people to realize that okay, we can finally put away the the Canes are leaving. The, this isn't a hockey state. Like the Hurricanes have a chokehold on the state of North Carolina. That yeah, they got football. Yeah, they got NASCAR. They got college. It's it's a hockey state. So love it, love it, love it. I've got to add my extra one because I want to make you please and prove prove my age. Uh, My other one, if it can't be Pearl Jam, it'll be Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You. (laughs) No matter how bad, how much, you know, you make me angry, Keynes, Natchez, all of you, everyone, I will always love you. I could break into it, but I don't want you to lose all of your listeners. <laughs> oh, I, I love if it. I had, if I had more of, if I had more of this, I probably would have broke into it, and you guys would nice. have to laugh. But nice, that's fine. Wow, that's great, great show. All right, great well, uh, yeah. So before we let everyone go, I. Uh, we are coming up on six o'clock. Uh, Ray, thank you as so much as always to come on. I know it was a change of plans, of course, but it was always, you know, we, we overcame it's always a pleasure. Adapt, yeah. Overcame adapt, figured it out. Still a great episode. I think everyone will enjoy this one. Uh, but yeah, just like I said, it's always big. Thank you to come on and talk to us. Ray, where can we hours. find you on the socials? Uh, you and can as find... well as your podcast and your wonderful mm-hmm. co-host. Thank you yeah. so much. Uh, it's uh, the, you can find me at Judge Wapner 10. Uh, most of the time, as far as the storm seller postings, I'm kind of the add on. If you want to find us, we are at Storm Seller 97. Uh, Brad is just like I said, he's the brains of the operation. <laughs> Check us out if you want to join the show, fire us off a message. We like to focus on the Kaniacs and jerks themselves how they became into the love of the team. Uh, It's because it's the fans, like all of us, that fuel the fire for the Hurricanes and make that environment so amazing. So please, please fire us off a line, tune in. We'd love to hear from you, and we can't wait to have the three of you join us for another very special program. Thank you so much. This has been a true pleasure. Happy New Year to all. Yes. Cat. Well, first of all, you can please follow our wonderful network of the Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all of our wonderful shows. Uh, not just us; there's some other Kane shows, but there's and also tons of shows around the league. Um, I don't know if you have interest in other in other teams. I know the Canes are probably your number one, but if you have a second favorite, we have some other podcasts that are great. They honestly are great. We love talking hockey with all of them. Great bunch of people and we just honestly our podcast family is amazing so we're very excited to be doing a whole new year with them um if you want to find me you can look on uh if you want to look on twix of course it's a kaniac chick and then if you want to look at tiktok it is uh kvt hunter 74 uh yeah happy new year everybody it's gonna be a fun one and you know i'm we're feeling it the canes are feeling it i'm feeling it. it's gonna be a good one <laughs> Uh, as for me, you can follow me over on Twitter or X at Bailey Curtis, and that's Bailey with two eyes. Follow me over on Instagram at Bailey Lynn Curtis. 
Uh, if you're looking to follow the podcast socials, be sure to find us over on X and Instagram at the Surgecast. And if you're looking for some YouTube content, hopefully you're watching this. I run things over there. Hi, hello. How you doing? Uh, be sure to hit that big red subscribe button down below. Leave a comment. Let us know what your top 10 countdown for the Canes would be, what you thought for any of the other prompts uh, from the games today, what your thoughts on the team are overall, are overall as we move into the new year. Uh, be sure to hit that like button and be sure to hit that bell notification icon so you never miss an episode. If you're looking for other places to listen to us or to follow any of us here at the Surgecast, be sure to click on that link tree in our bios and find anything and everything to do with the Surgecast on there. Zach. Uh, Billy, don't forget where people can find your writing. Oh, yes, my writing. I I, I always forget about this. Um, I cover oh the gosh. Colorado Eagles over at AHL News Now out here in the wonderful city of Loveland, Colorado. Uh, if you're looking for some AHL coverage out west and, and or just want to support my writing and coverage in general, uh, look out for my stuff uh, on AHL News Now's uh, website, their Twitter page. X page. Uh, a lot of my coverage is going to come from my main account again at Bailey Curtis with two eyes. Yes. Make sure to go check that out. HLnewsnow.com and HLnewsnow on Twitter. Just for people to go yes. and find that. Uh, for me, you can find me at one sure Zach. That's only sure Zach is actually spelled out like the number, not the number one itself. Instagram, if you want to look for more of the hobby stuff, DD music other sports and whatnot that's zachar martin 22 you can check that stuff out as well uh in terms of my writing this is going to be a list and it's in of itself uh i'll do the ahl stuff first uh, i cover the charlotte checkers uh over ahl news now like bailey um so make sure you go check that out uh very excited for the winter classic going to be that's in charlotte uh on the 13th so that's going to be fun um, and then I'm also at the hockey writers where I do the Carolina hurricanes and I've now recently taken the responsibility of also covering the Los Angeles Kings. Congrats. So people, thank you. Uh, if people are interested in reading more than just the hurricanes, because now I cover two teams that Justin Williams played for. So there's that angle. If you, want to <laughs> that. you know, for the Justin Williams cup. Um, but yes, I'm very excited to start doing that very soon since the, Germany team got eliminated from the World Juniors. Now I can start focusing my coverage on the Kings as long as the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes, nothing changes. Sweden's yeah. still in it. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, make sure to go check that out. I have a, I have a, a link to my own personal bio where you can find all of my ratings and where you can find the podcast for audio and also on video. But that will wrap up this episode. Uh, make sure on January 4th, so just in a few days, we're going to have a very special announcement for our guest that's going to come on for episode 28 of season three. We're very, very excited for that to drop. We are I'm not stoked gonna, for this one. Not giving you any hints. Not going to say anything. We're just going to let you know on the 4th to watch no out spoilers. for our guests. No spoilers for that one. But until then, for this for the announcement and for that episode to come out on the whenever we do get that taken care of, we'll see you here next time. Episode. Happy New Year, guys! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year.